0: Comic books, comic time Writers and artists are on the line They make a splash as a comic's read And take us on a trip behind the spread Watch out for comic book commentary Uh Spinning a winning inside Fix how they got a hot idea Narrative character, visual tricks And onomatopoeia Uh It's comic book commentary Hey, everybody. My name is Cullen Bunn, and I am the writer of Roku from Valiant Comics. This is the first creator commentary I've done on a comic book, so uh, please bear with me. I will do my very best to make it uh, enlightening and entertaining, I hope, uh, as we talk about the first issue of Roku. This book, uh, as I said, I'm the writer. Uh, there's art by Roman F. Box, colors by Stéphane Petro. Letters by Dave Sharp. It is edited by Lisa Hawkins and the associate editor, David Mitchell. Roku, if you're not familiar with the character, uh, has been around in the Valiant universe for a little while. She has always been portrayed as a a villain or anti-hero. She's always been a supporting character to uh, other mainstays in the Valiant universe. So, with this book being it's her first solo title, I wanted to make sure that we we show her off in, in the very best way. So uh, we made the decision early on that no other valiant superstars, so to speak, would appear in the series, and that we would really give give Roku her time to shine so uh, as i as I go through the the issue, the first issue, I'm going to keep the script open on my screen as well. Sometimes that uh, that helps me figure out what I was trying to do. I am not. Uh, I have not looked at this issue since uh, I received my comp copies. So I haven't seen it. I haven't looked at the issue since I did a lettering pass on it and, and did the final proof. So uh, the first page, um, <laughs> well, right at the beginning of the script, I, I wrote a note to, to Ramon saying, when drawing the story, try to keep movies like The Killer... Replacement Killers and John Wick in mind. Uh, Lots of action, a breakneck pace, make it violent and and fun. And as we we enter the issue, the first page, it's very obvious, I think, uh, that this is sort of a tribute to movies like The Killer and The Replacement Killers. We have uh, this sort of iconic scene of Roku going into this nightclub, this packed nightclub looking for prey. And in fact, uh, if you, if you want to, if you're reading the issue, I would suggest now is the time to turn on Keep Hope Alive by Crystal Method, because it's definitely the music that was playing in my, in my head as, uh, as I wrote this scene. So we, we have Roku going through the club. We have, we enter into some inner monologue. Uh, inner monologue is, it's, there's a love-hate relationship for me with inner monologue. It's, uh, I write it a lot, especially with solo books, when I want to really dig into a character, uh get get their thoughts across. But it is so difficult to write for me. It is it's not it's the it's my least favorite thing to write. Um and in fact I wrote this script the first pass of the script did not have this inner monologue in it. And then when I was looking through it during my editing, I decided it needed something a little more and I added this back in. But intermodal is so uh, so difficult for me. Uh, it's almost like writing poetry, <laughs> and I am no poet, so uh, it's uh, it's here, and I use it throughout the issue, but I don't I don't like any of it, or I don't I didn't like writing it. I thought it turned out great. So as we move on to page two, we get our first real in, you know the real entrance for Roku. And I could have done a splash page here, but uh, I I tend to avoid splash pages and use them very very sparingly. Uh, if I if I use one, it's it's got to be something really really big that needs to needs to come across. Um, in fact, I doubt I used a splash page in this issue. I don't remember writing one, but uh, but maybe I did. But uh, the important thing for me in this in this First scene is getting across exactly what Roku describes in the inner monologue, which is that she's the deadliest woman in the world. So I really wanted to to show off uh, how lethal she was, and we see right on the second panel she starts uh, she starts killing fools. And I'm gonna on a little piece of paper here, I'm gonna keep track of these deaths as best I can, uh, and see uh, see what we end up with at the end of the first issue. But Rokush uh, jumps into into combat with these guys. Her hair lashing around. I'm certain that living hair is not easy to draw, and Ramon did a great job with it. Uh, it's a lot easier to write the hair that someone's hair is turning into blades and stabbing weapons and razor sharp tendrils than it is to 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 draw it. I'm sure, but uh, but Ramon really brought it to life here, and. Uh, and, uh, and I also love the, the colors, um, really kind of gives it this, this sort of neon club look, and I like that a lot as well. Um, so on 2 and 3, we have Roku leaping into battle, thinking uh, about the differences between hunter and prey, and, and friends and enemies. And as, and, and as she's getting these, th- these ideas across in her head, she's uh, continuing to kill uh, these henchmen. On page four, we see a very simple. She she takes out her target, the leader of this group, and she snaps his neck very simply, very cleanly. Um, and 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 then right there in the second second panels, the first time I actually name that group the Jade Union, which maybe is a, a little bit of a, a strange thing. In the, this group appears in the series in the first issue just so they can pretty much be wiped out in the first five pages. But uh I thought it was important to to name the group. One of the things I wanted to do with the series is uh is really uh, dig into this bigger crime this underworld for the Valiant universe. And one of the ways I wanted to do that was introduce these different groups, these different concepts by name in in many cases to show that there's a lot going on in the world, things that that uh, that you you may not realize, groups working in the shadows, even if they only appear in a few issues, naming them I felt uh, gives the 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 world of this underworld more legitimacy. So, uh, on page five, we get the first taste of of Roku's telepathic ability, where she has these thugs that she she just says helpless. And they they drop their 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 guns, and this is the end of that first scene. And the things I wanted to accomplish, like I said, was just to get an, an idea of Roku's powers and abilities without really spelling them out in captions or dialogue. And I think uh, that comes across. And I also wanted to to get this idea of Roku as this deadly killer, and this idea of on this on this four on, on page four and five where she has no conscience and no morality, and that she operates without regret. And and that's something that we explore as the, the issue in the series uh, moves along. On page six, we move the story ahead a little bit into New York City. Uh, the other thing I really wanted to do with this, this book is uh, have us... See Roku in action in multiple places. And while the majority of the book takes place in Russia, uh, I thought moving it, you know, Hong Kong to New York and then to Russia shows us that that Roku is definitely a globe trotter. And uh, we introduced this character of Mr. Arvest who acts as a a go between uh between mercenaries and killers like Roku and these faceless crime lords. Again, the, these holographic windows that are floating around, Mr. Arvest represents faceless sort of Illuminati of crime lords who uh, are are hiring individuals like Roku for various various reasons. Um, on page seven, we have we get a little more look at these uh, these faceless crime lords. Roku asks who they are. And Arvis tells them, you know, they are people who appreciate uh, privacy uh, and they're willing to pay more for that privacy. So uh, Roku is uh, Roku is in the know to the degree that she needs to be. Uh, and, and I wanted the idea that maybe even Arvis doesn't know exactly who these individuals are, these, these faceless power players. But uh, on this... Uh, on this in this scene we have a very quick uh, you've accomplished one mission taking out the Jade Union now we need you to go and retrieve this weapon that's going up for auction and page 8 we immediately jump to Moscow where the majority of the story goes from it takes place from here uh, we we jump Roku over to Moscow. We get to see her. I thought it was fun to have Roku in plain clothes a little bit. We don't see her much in plain clothes. We haven't seen her uh, in plain clothes a lot in other uh, Valiant books. She's always in uh, in her you know her costume. But uh, this book afforded us just a little bit of opportunity to to see to see her not necessarily. Out, out there killing people. Um, although there's plenty of, uh, plenty of opportunity for that, uh, as we move ahead. Uh, moving uh, into page nine, I introduce a new character. Uh, who is uh, Elena? She's Roku's handler and liaison uh, in in Moscow. She, to some degree, she will be uh, a character a comic relief element to the series she's obviously right away <laughs> this this terrible disguise she's wearing of uh, this you know these sunglasses and and this headband trying to be incons- inconspicuous in this nice hotel um and uh and and i i get the idea that she's kind of failing at it um she is a uh, I, I think in that so the description I gave Ramon in the script for that panel two is that uh, uh, seated in the couch I- nearby is a small mousy woman. She is comical picture of trying too hard to blend in and remain unseen. So, uh, and I think he he nailed that that concept right away. Uh, she's she's trying too too hard to be inconspicuous, but she is uh, the person who. It arranges roku's uh, accommodations and and as we'll see in a little bit, helps her in her in her mission which uh begins immediately on uh, the page ten and eleven uh double page spread and and while I say that I don't like uh splash pages uh I do use double page spreads a lot i i like uh I like what they allow me to to do in the book. They, they spread the book out in a different way, and you get to, to really see the scope of something like this auction. And we're seeing all these high rollers, you know, drinking and having fun, um, waiting for, to bid on on these weapons, uh, a variety of which, some are conventional, some are mass destruction. the The, the interesting thing here is that Roku does not know exactly what she's after, uh, and and we have uh, we have Elena kind of running intel from this van outside, and monitoring Roku, keeping keeping track of where she is and what she's doing, um, and even even Elena says she does not um, does not know what uh, what they're after. And one of the things I wanted to show here is that Roku doesn't necessarily trust anyone. In that when Elena says, "If I knew more, I'd tell you." And Roku says, I know that and, and Elaine is thankful for it, but Roku says, don't don't be thankful. I simply read your mind when we first met. So she doesn't really trust anybody. She's always uh, always sizing everyone up uh, and, and figuring out where they're, where they're coming from. Uh, the next the next page uh, we get into a group of guards who are waiting, uh, you know, keeping watch. Uh, Board uh, playing cards and we have this one who uh, who stops what he's doing takes his Takes his his key card out and just swipes it and it sort of takes everybody by surprise. They don't know why um, Why he's doing this and then we quickly see uh, Roku jump into into combat again kicking um, breaking necks stabbing people in the in the head Um, and, uh, and then we realize that she has telepathically taken control of this guard, and she, she takes the card from him and and says, you know, well done, your work's finished, and then she has him shoot himself. And this ties right back into Roku, uh, has no sense, she has no moral compass, she doesn't, um, she doesn't necessarily uh, see right and wrong the way we do. She is a hired killer. When she's hired, she, she t- takes that job very seriously, and she does the work, and it's a no questions asked, and, and, and morality doesn't enter into the equation for her. And, and one of the things about Roku is she, in, in her past, and, and I, didn't want to, I didn't want to dig too much into this in this first issue because I wanted it to be a book... That if you had never read a Roku story, you, you wouldn't need to. You could just jump into this book and enjoy it. But in Roku's past, she has, she has been killed and brought back to life by this mysterious assassin's organization. But her memories have been erased. And along with her memories, much of what makes her, makes her human. So, so that's one of the, the reasons she's so cold and we we do dig into that that idea that she she has no no memory and and no moral compass but again i didn't want to do all that in this first issue i didn't want the first issue to be tons of of pages describing or, or roku's origins because i think that only would slow the story down and and maybe even confuse people who haven't haven't read you know roku before <coughs> So after she has this poor hopeless guard shoot himself, uh, she moves on into the, the the building and she gets an alert from Elena that she's picking up a strange heat signature, something moving fast. And then right on page 14, we have uh, the <laughs> the introduction of another character, although we don't see her yet as this invisible force uh hits Roku out of nowhere. Um and I feel like this is a tough thing to draw. You you kind of it sounds silly, you know, an invisible character should be the easiest of characters to draw. But it's not because you have to get this this idea of motion and of of action even though um there's no one there to represent it. So again, Ramon is really you know showing off here when he has roku get hit out of nowhere and we have the little burst of energy that shows that she's getting hit and she leaps down we have elena radio right in on the radio with her so that uh she can talk a little bit to somebody other than herself but uh but on this page we have roku getting hit a couple of times um and uh telling elena to to shut up and we have her her comic element there where she's where Elena's response is, I'll you know I'll be shutting up now. Um, but uh, on the next page, this is where where it all gets summed up. That there's an invisible operative here, a stealth operative, um, and uh, and Roku, in order to find her, just lashes out with her hair, these blades slinging around, and she cuts, um, she cuts her her unseen opponent. And and there we have the first the first uh, on panel appearance of Ember One, who is a new character, um, someone I'm introducing into the Valiant universe, a stealth operative, uh, an assassin to be a foil for Roku. Um, like Roku, she is enhanced in different ways with speed and and strength and endurance, um, but she's also outfitted with crazy tech like this this invisibility stealth suit that allows her to, to blend into her surroundings. Um, and, and the important thing here is is that Roku and, and Ember One know each other. Or at least Ember One knows knows Roku. She names her uh, Angelina in the last panel. Um, and this is this is a character that Roku doesn't know um she she doesn't know her at all the only character she doesn't know as much is she doesn't know herself either uh so this this ember one definitely has um sort of one up on on roku and traditionally you'd probably name a character like this uh in a in a you know in this type of comic ember one would appear and someone would name her or there'd be a you know an id tag or or ember one would even say her own name but I didn't want to do that here. I really wanted uh Roku to be in the dark about who this character is. I didn't want her to even you know even for a short while, I didn't want her to 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 know anything and I didn't want the reader to know any more than Roku did at this point so uh it was intentional, and I didn't name her right away um but we jump into um. A fight between Ember One and Roku. We get to to, to again Ember One's hinting that she used to that she, that Roku used to go by the name Angelina, and uh, and we get to see a little bit of of her strength as she catches this this uh, stabbing blade of hair, and uh, and just holds it there. And we continue that fight into um, page seventeen um where we we also get to see uh Roku attempt to use her psychic abilities. Uh, we've seen her use them a couple of times now. We know they're effective. But uh but here we get to see she tries to use them and Ember One Ember One says, uh, you know, I have psychic, you know, I have side blockers. You can't uh you can't uh, you can't stop me. So again, we're getting a more another hint that she's been enhanced with other abilities to make her uh, more efficient and more deadly. Um, and, and this is a little bit of a, uh, a switcheroo because we've, we've had her throwing Roku around and Roku trying to get through to her and not not be successful. But here on, on this last panel, we get this sort of fun image where Roku says, uh, it wasn't you I was trying to, to contact with my psychic abilities. And then on page 18, we see more guards coming down the, down the, uh, the hallway, uh, they start, they open fire and Ember One has to return fire and trying to take them out. And, uh, and the alarm is going off. The klaxon is is sounding. Um, and, and Ember One is, is telling her good luck getting out of here, uh, with, you know, now that, uh now that you've sounded the the alarm <laughs> but when she turns roku's already gone and we get sort of this sort of this comic moment where ember one thinks to herself you know god i hate her and we get more of this this idea that uh that she knows roku there's history there and and we're definitely definitely going to be um exploring that history as uh as the story continues, but on page nineteen we have Roku running down the hall of this facility, and and Elena's directing her through her, uh, through her monitoring and satellite monitoring from the van. We get to see Roku kill a couple of other dudes off-panel in lethal way, you know, in a lethal way. And uh, and and as she's doing this. Um, we have Roku's inner monologue where she she's talking about being a killer and being a murderer and being an assassin, and uh, and and when you want to retrieve a weapon or when you when you're dealing with weapons, you send a weapon, and that's our last page. And hey, I was wrong. There is uh, a splash page in the issue, um, and it's a it's an interesting splash page for me because. It's not a a big bombastic moment. It's not an explosion. It's not a car crash. It's not some supervillain appearing out of nowhere. But on the final page, we get to see Roku facing uh, the asset that she's been sent to retrieve. And it's just a little girl. Uh, She's actually even in this room that looks like a kid's room. Uh, Very, very quaint. There's a coloring book on the floor. And, And the girl introduces herself as Mary Beth. Um... And uh, and she she knows Roku right away, uh, which is which is odd for a little girl of this age. She she looks at Roku and says, "Your name, Roku. You you're Roku, right?" But that wasn't always your name. So we wanted this idea that this innocent-looking little girl knows far uh, far more than than she should. And uh, and I thought it was it's fun to have this big splash page when it's just this little girl. Obviously, this girl's going to play a huge role in the story going forward. She's going to um, help set Roku up for this sort of exploration of her own morality. Uh, and, and in this first issue, there's a preview of of, the, of of issue two, where we get to see see more about uh, Mary Beth, uh, where they, they're explaining what her her abilities are. Uh, I won't necessarily. Uh, dig into that even if you you know some people skip those previews i uh, if, if you're not a preview reader um i won't uh, i won't spoil it if you're going to wait for the second issue but uh, but if you if you are a preview reader you get to see a first you know a few pages from roku 2 you get to see several other um assassin groups coming in uh, a lot more violence uh, starting to to unfold uh, in issue 2 um and right there at the the end of the you know the the end of that page, we get this this uh, the stinger where it says next issue enter the Minister of Blades, and and the Minister of Blades is going to be a fun character, uh, much like Ember One. He's a a new character who will will enter the story, and and my hope is that characters like Ember One and the Minister of Blades will become mainstays in in the Valiant Universe, not just in Roku, um, but. Uh, in other books as well, so that they can be, you know, foils and uh, guest stars and villains in, in other Valiant titles. Um, so definitely stay tuned for him. He's a, he's a fun character. Um, he's going to be a lot of trouble for, for Roku, but she's going to have her hands full anyway with all these other uh, competing groups of assassins and, and Ember One and, and characters like that. So that's just a real quick run through of this first issue um and kind of some of the things I was thinking about as I was writing it. Uh like I said it was it's a fast paced issue. It's uh there's a lot of action. I wanted it to be a lot like an action movie. And uh and I wanted um I wanted a lot of uh a lot of you know violence and 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 bloodshed. And 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 you know when i didn't mention the cover and we should have mentioned the cover this the, the one i'm looking at is the Dave Johnson cover which is this great um image of Roku. you know just a just her face and there's blood on her face the color which matches her hair and it's dripping down and what's really cool is if you look really closely there's these little skulls in her eyes um which is just a great a great image her hair dripping blood from the, these these blade like tips so uh I should have mentioned that cover right off, but uh, but there we go. Um, and then as promised, I did a quick rundown of of the deaths in this issue. Uh your count might be different than mine, but it looks like we have eight neck wounds where she where Roku stabs someone through the neck. Uh seven neck cracks where she used her hair or a kick or some other attack to snap someone's neck. Um, She stabbed three people in the head, and she had one person, she had shoot themselves. So, uh, looks like about 19 deaths uh, in this first issue. Uh, 19 gruesome, gruesome deaths. And I can tell you that that is a drop in the bucket to what we get in the next issue. Uh, So, a lot more death, a lot more exploration of Roku uh, as she interacts with with Mary Beth and, uh, and Elena and Ember one and all these other assassins. So I hope you'll check that out. Hope if you haven't read the first issue, give it a shot. Um, and I hope you enjoy the next one. So thank you guys so much for uh, coming along with me. Um, we, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Forever. forever. Dog. This has been a forever dog production.